Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Tess of Wrestling.com here on a Tuesday night to talk all about WWE NXT 2.0. Riding solo tonight, John Clark is traveling, so I am by myself. Hopefully you all don't mind, but we'll get through it. I'm looking forward to hearing what, what you all have to say about uh, the latest uh, edition of, of the, the Rainbow brand, I guess. <laughs> That's what you can call it these days. Uh, before I do, just want to remind you all, this show, like everything we do here, is available on all of our, all of our streaming, streaming platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered, so of course, Tonight was the go home show for NXT Vengeance Day next week, so definitely a lot of uh, you know important stuff on tap here from the men's uh, Dusty Dusty Rhodes Tag Classic semifinals to a woman's a woman's championship match to uh, just in general some some last minute build to Vengeance Day. Uh, definitely a you know a, an important show if I could word. Also worth noting that the show was on Sci Fi tonight, so for all you you uh, you know viewership fiends out there like myself, I, I like to kind of. Uh, pay attention to to the viewership side of things just to see uh, in some ways kind of a, a reflection of how the show is doing. Speaking of which, Nesha Curtis found the show saying it was actually a better show than last week. I mean, I feel like last week was really bad. So saying that the show was better, um, you know, I, I, I would agree, as always, as, as I like to say, the bar is very low. Um, but no, I don't disagree with that. I, I, it was not a, an actively bad show at this point. I'm just constantly fighting my my own perception of this is NXT these days. It's not the way that it once was, and just constantly dealing with that. But Stephen Chambers saying it was a good show, burden Raw this week. I mean, I I I'd probably agree with that. I, I didn't love Raw either. Um, maybe just my general headspace. I felt kind of. A little more, little more receptive to the show tonight than I did last night. I was not really feeling it last night to begin with. So, no, not a bad show by any means, um, especially especially uh, in in uh, comparison to some of the other outings from NXT 2.0 we've seen so far. But with that being said, folks, let's get right into it. We had uh, the show. I thought it was going to open with the, a woman's uh, the, with the women's championship match. I thought they had. Um, announced that somewhere or maybe maybe i mistook the fact they they said it would be commercial free for i thought it would be commercial free and opening the show so i i was kind of assuming that would be the case and then we got the, the creed brothers and grizzled, grizzled young veterans to uh open, open the show here now this was a pretty good match i thought it was interesting because i feel like we haven't really seen what the creed brothers can do like they've been in some multi-man matches as diamond mine we've had them in some uh some, some squash matches but we haven't really gotten to see them in too many really competitive matches and that's what this match was it was definitely more of a hard fought kind of thing and i thought that was it was kind of a good test for them because they're veterans very very underrated i i again i think we were talking about this last week i think they've made it to the semifinals three years in a row so they are definitely like the embodiment embodiment of always the bridesmaid never the bride and that just stinks because i i remember thinking last year i was really impressed with the run they had and even last year i, I wouldn't have minded seeing them winning and they didn't they lost msk and now this year lost the semifinals to uh to, to the the creed brothers so uh i was a little surprised with that brian everett saying that the grizzly no veterans were his pick yeah you know we've had a couple of, of upsets here and not to say the creed brothers winning it was a total upset but you know i i think they had more more of that pedigree or or background maybe they you could kind of safely pick them whereas creed brothers you know they are definitely more of the newcomers so I don't think they would have been necessarily harmed by the loss, whereas because of young veterans really could benefit from wins. So that was definitely a little, um, again, if not if not unexpected, 
maybe a little questionable. I mean, or, or just kind of an interesting kind of uh, fork in the road. It's like, yeah, you can roll with Guzman veterans or go with Creed Brothers, kind of a year more established team versus building a new team. And they, they won't roll with the Creed Brothers. There was one really cool spot at the end. The crowd lost their mind. I believe it was uh, Julius Creed uh, popped up on the top, top rope, like out of nowhere and hit a superplex. Uh, the, the, the camera shot it pretty cool. Apparently, it looked pretty cool live because the crowd just really, really went crazy for it. So that was pretty cool. That kind of got me into it more. The crowd was really feeling it, so that, that helped. I thought it was a good match anyway. Uh, in a lot of ways, it felt like the Girls and Young Veterans were really in control. They had, they had a Doomsday device. Shout out to the Legion of Doom, um, or the Road Warriors, I should say. And uh, they, they dove over the ropes at one point. The Key Brothers is definitely more of your, your amateur wrestling kind of thing. So pretty interesting clash of styles. Gilded and Veterans win. We wouldn't find until later who we'll be facing. Might as well talk about it, but one more thought about this match. Saying, yes, it was actually a good match here. Steve Chambers enjoyed the match here that we got to see. Um, Brian Everett, maybe in a more, gen a more general sense, Santa Cruz Brothers are going to be the team to watch. I mean, I definitely think they looked impressive here. Can they win? I mean, they can. I, you know, they are now in the finals. It's basically a, a, a coin flip at this point. Um, I would be pretty surprised if they beat the MSK next week. Uh, you know, MSK, former champions. It feels like their kind of redemption story in, in that sense. Uh, where would they have the, the whole riddle thing? That would be kind of a more, I don't know, pretty logical way to conclude it. They win, they, win, they get another title shot, and maybe even get, get the titles back. At the very least, challenge for the titles again. So, I mean, I think uh, I'd probably prefer at this point. I never like really hot-shotting anybody too, too much. We've seen O'Brien Breaker. It's, it's worked out fairly well, but you can't. Now, it's a risky, you know, it's a risky move to, to, to really kind of strap the rocket to anybody. I think they're going to benefit no matter what from having this run, being in the Dusty Cup, make it to the finals, win or lose. I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, likewise, Tim Chairman saying he's rooting for the Creeds, but he will not be surprised if MSK win it well. Might as well dive right into it. So we in the other semifinal match, we had MSK versus uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anufa. Uh, this was definitely the uh, the kind of your Cinderella story, upset kind of thing. They've been teasing for a while. Uh, when, when Malik and Idris came out, I think it was Vic Joseph was, did the classic, do you believe in miracles? Like, you know, thinking, could, could they possibly pull it off? And I thought that they might, you know, NXT 2.0 these days. Uh, if if nothing else, it's, it's a show where uh, pretty much anything can happen. So what for better or worse? So I, th I thought there's there's a part of me, you know, they, they came out and they're, they're really hyping up the, this, um, you know, this upset uh, potential here with, M with MSK maybe losing. So, um, yeah, I, I thought that was possible. And I'm, I, I'll admit it, I'm glad they didn't go that way. I thought, you know, that I guess just like the Creepers, I thought it would have been uh, a bit of a risky proposition to do that. Um, and again, there's no real harm in losing here. They're they're the underdogs. They're this team that that was in some ways lucky to make it this far in the first place. They they beat Harland and, and Joe Gacy by DQ, so you know kind of snuck their way in uh, past the first round in that sense. Uh, so even in this loss, you Brian saying that they uh, really showed out. Uh, the, the the Blade and Enofe really showed out. The match was fire, and likewise, Stephen Chambers saying Blade and Enofe bright future. I think they're very, very talented. I think they can go far. I also think they, they need to, you know, have better gimmicks. I've, I mix them up. I think Malik is the one they've kind of given the kind of goofy gimmick where, like, his thing is kind of moving his pecs out of excitement at this point, which is, um, 
odd, but um, you know, it's a it's a fine pairing. It's a fun pairing. I, I think they can they can continue to continue to grow together and be kind of um, maybe a bit of a dark horse in in the tie division here. Maybe never quite the the, the championship level at this point, but there's nothing wrong with being kind of a, a solid supplemental uh, team in that sense. So they're two, two talented guys. Uh, I'm sure that I I would agree they have a bright future. Uh, sorry, I was I misspoke. Uh, Brian Singh was it's enough a moving his pecs. So yeah, I I think he'll be better off if he can kind of get, get a more a more layered character here. We'll we'll talk more about some of the, the problems of characters on XC 2.0 here if that was show tonight. But yeah, if you, if the gist of your character is that you're just moving your pecs and that, and that's all there really is to it, that's that's got a pretty short shelf life for me. And I, I think that's a pretty safe thing to say. So uh, that doesn't take away the fact this was a very good match. MSK one. Uh, and again, I think that's probably the right call. So they will face the Creed Brothers. Uh, with that being said, DJ is saying he's on board with Creed Brothers winning the tournament based on this case, not really NXT 2.0 with, uh, as we've been talking about for months and months now, a lot of the, the 2.0 uh, era getting kind of swept, if not swept under the rug, at least kind of moved to the back of the line here in the sense and really pushing the new guys. This would uh, seem to suggest that, yeah, the Creed Brothers could win it here. Eddie Zahari agreeing, so Creed Brothers going to win it all. Um, could happen. I mean, we, we have, I will say, we have seen Imperium feuding with Diamine, so in some ways that would make sense as well. Um, I think either option is good, it's beneficial, and I'm sure it's gonna be a good match. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it gets some time. We do know it'll be a bit, bit crowded next. We got a bunch of matches to look forward to, so hopefully, they get, they get enough time to have a good performance. Uh, either way, win or lose, no matter what happens there, but. That will be the finals of the men's Dusty Cup. So I was feeling pretty good at this point. We had a pretty good, you know, tag match to open the show. I was feeling pretty good about it. I liked it. I was like, hey, that was kind of a pleasant surprise, folks. And then, as we often see with NXT these days, they they gave me something that I liked, and then they went the complete opposite direction, and uh, really, really just took me right out of it. So they announced earlier today uh, that there would be a battle for daddy's credit card between Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton. Now, if you remember last week, you know, uh, Wendy, uh, sorry, Tiffany tried to help uh, Amari Miller use the credit card as a weapon. Wendy Chu stole it, got, walked away with it. Lo and behold, she goes shopping with it, uh, which led many people, uh, based on the, the Twitter chatter, to say, hey, if Tiffany got her credit, her daddy's credit card stolen, excuse me, wouldn't Tiffany or her daddy uh, can't get the credit card canceled, deactivated, uh, just to do whatever it takes to stop it from being used immediately. Apparently not, because Wendy Chu and Amari Miller went shopping. They walked they had there's there's a backstage vignette. They show up a, a lot of shopping bags. They went on this grand shopping spree, had a grand old time, leading us to the battle for Daddy's credit card on NXT 2.0. Folks, I just I see that announcement. It's just the the mere fact I'm sitting here saying the battle for Daddy's credit card. Like what? What are we doing here? Like this isn't this isn't NXT, man. And I'm I'm not trying to be the crotchety old guy. Like oh, you know, this isn't NXT that I knew and loved. And that's what it, I feel like that's that's what I've turned into anyway. But this is this wasn't a, a I won't say a new low, but mm -mm, was not good, not good. Uh, Brian saying he was not a he, he was just not a fan of Tiffany Stratton uh, in general. I thought she looked better than she has in this match by and large. I think. In some ways, she's like the embodiment of 2.0 at this point. If you kind of get past the, the silly gimmick, uh, some of the character stuff here, I thought she looked fine in the ring, probably her best showing yet. 
And I thought it was a fine match in that sense. But then you've got uh, one, 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 two coming out with her like alarm clock theme song that that drops into like a hip hop beat kind of thing, which is weird. And then she comes to the ring with a pillow and she's napping. Her whole thing is she's a napper and she falls asleep mid matches. I, I don't know, man. I just again we had we had a really really pretty good t uh, tag team match. Just feel pretty good, and we just roll right into this. Uh, mm -mm. So Stratton won. I, I was glad about that. Um, at this point, I mean, I, I, I've I guess best comparison would be a guy like Andre Chase from what you like. Definitely at this point, a, a, a character wrestler, not not. Uh, I would say that based on what we've seen so far, based on just my own kind of projection for it, I don't see that as a world champion gimmick in NXT. That seems to be a very much like not enhancement talent. Obviously, that's I'm not. She's a very talented performer, but this gimmick like that—that's—it's it, not something that could really be taken to, to that next level. Um, in my in my opinion, I I, just, I don't really see it. Uh, we're talking on the raw side of things. Riddle has a funny gimmick, as or a silly gimmick, or a humorous gimmick. But he turns it on the ring and he gets going and, and he wins matches and he's been successful. This isn't that, right? This is to me, it's very much like a play for laughs gimmick. Um, and that's really the only purpose. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but but that's kind of the way I see it. Uh, Stephen saying was a good finisher. She like Tiffany did look very impressive athletically. If I remember, I, I know she was an Olympian, like, or I think she was at least on the uh, national gymnastics team, I believe, off the top of my head. And she did a couple like back handsprings, and her finisher was like this twirling splash off the ropes in a way. Looked pretty good, looked impressive. She's athletic, so she's got that going for her. If you focus more on that, like Tiffany Stratton could definitely be be successful here, but then in the middle of the match, she complained about breaking her nail. So kind of a net zero on that one. But I was glad she won. Um, but then we still had two segments backstage uh, with Wendy Chu, two two and spread throughout the night. Uh, she's backstage. She's got shot. She got her shopping bags. So she still kind of has that going for her, I guess. And Dakota Kai is for some reason going through her shopping bags, and I. Kind of missed what like what Dakota said. I understand why. Uh, and then later on, uh, Dakota lost to Saray. And then the, it was another segment after that where Wendy was like, I think she said, you know, it's not as easy as it looks to some to that effect. And I'm like, of course, Dakota knows that she's been there for like what over three years now. And Wendy choosing, you know, uh, especially as this new character, it's been a month tops. Um, seemed a little odd, odd to me, but uh, it feels like they're kind of setting up some kind of feud there. Um, okay, you know, uh, maybe to, maybe to counter my own point, maybe uh, they're they're doing a feud to kind of set to kind of help elevate Wendy Chu. I mean, Dakota Kai has that 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 pedigree, that background, uh, but definitely uh, speaking of Dakota Kai, the the real kind of overall sentiment as we're already seeing here uh, in the chat, Brian saying she needs to go main roster. Part of the running narrative here at this point with NXT is that you do have a, a, a pretty solid group of veterans that really do need to go to the main roster. Not as a knock on them, not as uh, not even as a knock on the main roster. It's more so they're they're just the fit on NXT. You think of Dakota Kai, Io Shirai. Talk about her. We'll talk about her in a minute. Um, got a couple guys in the on the men's side of things. You have you know. Roderick Strong, I, I would consider LA Knight, I would consider that as well. Uh, Pete Dunn, you know, definitely another one. Chapa, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of like the, the veterans of the, the upper echelon uh, of the card here does feel like they should and could uh, go to the main roster. 
sooner and later, if not already should have already been there, should have been already been called up. Uh, I think Eastry definitely uh, that's is an example of that. Dakota as well. So now they're they're just really stuck in his limbo. DJ saying that Dakota's like a jobber now. I don't know if I go that far. Jobber is you know that that has its own connotations, but you know she she's you know definitely not at not maybe at the level she once was you know she was kind of connecting for the title now she's kind of fallen down the ranks a little bit uh so that makes it even more interesting that she's not been called up because she's you know one of the better or if not one of the best uh you know women's wrestlers they've got on the roster at this point so if, i would definitely say the main roster could use her but but i digress uh dj pointed out that she has not won a match since her return um I believe it. I've, I'll, I'll look it up to confirm it later, but uh, that, that feels right. Uh, I don't remember the last time she won a match. Um, again, that's weird. She's just a very talented person, very talented wrestler. Um, she challenged for uh, Raquel's... No, sorry. She faced Raquel again after she returned. Raquel won. Um, Raquel, another one, definitely should be on the main roster at this point. It's just, yeah, it's a very odd dynamic in that sense. Steven already looking forward to the draft. My friend, uh, the draft is usually in August. Or sorry, no, the, the draft is usually in October. We're sitting here in February. That's a long way away. But I, I, I would agree. Steven saying he hopes the draft will actually. Uh, well, it did last year as well. It just didn't. It didn't work out. Hit Row got released, and and by and large, a lot of the NXT call-ups didn't work out yet again. But as as, as Steven saying, hopefully this year uh, we'll have, we'll see some more successful uh, call-ups or or moves from NXT to the main roster because I think we definitely use it. Um, on, on both sides, again, for people on XC that are stuck in Slumbo, for a main roster that definitely needs a bit of a shakeup here. Uh, I would I would hope uh, even uh, before the draft, that's a long ways away, just some kind of post-WrestleMania call-ups or, or they, they, they used to be the superstar shakeup, something to literally shake it up. I think it would be very, very good. Um, yeah, but... Uh, I mean, we might as well keep on rolling. We're still talking about the women's vision, so I might as well transition into the main event here. We had uh, Mandy Rose defending, defending the women's championship against Kaylee Ray, and um, I thought this was a very good match. I was very hopeful that Mandy Rose would win, and she did. I thought both she and Kaylee looked great. Um, I I tweeted about it at the start of the show. We had the we had this kind of cold open with Mandy hyping up a title match, and I think again. With a low bar, especially Mandy is one of the best parts of NXT. I, I really enjoyed her run uh, as leading up to a title win as the champion. I think she's just she really is um, evolving, progressing in the ring as a character. You know, this is I would say her best work. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, and I'm someone that really enjoyed her own with Otis. I'm someone that enjoyed her storyline with Sonya Deville. Um, I think this is leaps and downs beyond leaps and downs beyond that. So. Yeah, I thought, I thought this was a good match. It was weird because before the before the match, um, Persia, Parada, and Indy Hartwell attacked uh, Toxic Attraction backstage, kind of because they'll not be fighting for the the women's titles next week. So it kind of take them out out of the equation. So I tweeted, "Oh, Mandy's gonna have to win this one on her own." That's kind of a, a fun little twist. No, no, uh, it was a hard fought match, and, and it kind of looked like things were kind of about to go Kaylee's way. And these two people ran in the ring. And of course, it's Toxic Attraction, which was just a little weird. We also got a back, we got a little mid-match update that oh, Toxic Attraction has been like escorted from the building alongside uh, Indy and Persia. Somehow they find a way back in the building, and they help immediately. They they help Mandy win, and then just as they're about to beat down uh, Kaylee Ray, 
Uh, Io Shirai makes a save, and as Steam Chamber is saying, Io has found her tactic partner for the Women's Dusty Cup. Now, this was set up earlier in the show by uh, Io and Zoe Stark. Yet again, Zoe Stark uh, still could recover from an injury, so she's saying, hey, Io, I know you want to get the titles back. We never really lost them. We never were never pinned for those titles, so I um, go go for it. Go be in the Dusty Cup, and I just thought that was kind of funny. Like Zoe Stark is... Uh, to EO as like an ex an ex partner is to, to you if like they're, they're trying to help you find somebody else it's like a bit of a weird dynamic where like that's just trying to set her up in a way to be with somebody else it's a, it's a little it's a, it's a, I feel like it's interesting you don't really see that a lot it's a little, little different at least so uh kudos for that um but um yeah I I this was the way that I interpreted I thought it was interesting uh in the sense that it wasn't like 100% clear. I thought there was a, maybe a chance that EO might go for Mandy's title. I looked it up, and as far as I could tell, EO has uh, not faced Mandy, uh, especially since Mandy won the title, EO being a former women's champion. Uh, I, I think that's something they could definitely do. But I think Kaylee Ray and EO would be an interesting team for the Dusty Cup. And, you know, that was kind of the implied direction. They were kind of borrowing more specifically with uh, Gigi and JC rather than Mandy as as much so it would seem to suggest they'll be targeting the tag titles yeah they're they're, they're a pretty interesting combination of personalities but for, for the for this match here students saying he knew toxic attraction would interfere doesn't say anyone being mandy for a while i hope not uh i think there's still there's a lot they can do um she, again she hasn't faced you yet uh i wish she won the title from raquel but you're still had there there are a lot of matches to be had there are a lot of you know stories to be told here and if they play it right they could eventually have toxic attraction kind of implode you know right out like that i think that'd be kind of uh beneficial for gg and jc a lot of interesting things they could do and like i said i i will be happy to have mandy as a champion because i've been enjoying it so i hope that that does last uh but uh for the women's dust cup we do know that'll be starting i think they said I think it was like two weeks from now or so. Um, so that we're doing it. We saw EO and, and, and Kaylee Ray here. I thought for a second we just we saw Saray facing Dakota Kai based on the thing that I mentioned earlier with Wendy Chu and Dakota Kai backstage. I kind of thought they might like shoehorn Wendy Chu and Saray into a team, kind of with that in mind. They didn't do that tonight. I'm not saying I, I guess like it could still happen, but um I'm trying to think of what else we saw. We saw uh, Valentina and I don't remember her name, but they, so they confronted uh, Cora Jade and Raquel Gonzalez. So we're seeing some, some of these teams kind of start to start to come together here, uh, as we kind of expected. Some of these teams are getting thrown together, not rather than being well-established duos, which is fine. That's the nature of the depth of the, the division at this point. So we do know we'll, we'll have uh, presumably Persia and Indy as well, unless they do win the titles next week, which could happen. But I would. I think Toxic Attraction is going to keep on uh, having a, a nice and impressive run with all the titles, at least for the for the short term future. So um, that's that's my uh, at least prediction right now for that match next week. But uh, we ran through a bunch of the you know women's vision kind of side of things there, but definitely a lot more to dig into. So right away here with Eddie Zahari saying after AJ Styles, now Dolph Ziggler is in NXT. He's saying Dolph Ziggler versus Dolph Chapel could be good. Braun Breaker versus Ziggler could be the match for NXT Stand and Deliver. So uh, we talked about it last week. There was a Raw um, digital exclusive after Alpha show on Monday where Dolph Ziggler uh, responded to a tweet from Braun Breaker uh, at the Royal Rumble. I guess they had some beef before that because when Dolph got eliminated from the Rumble, 
Uh, Braun tweeted like, oh, you said you don't work on Tuesdays for NXT. I guess you don't work on Saturdays either. Dolph responded, and T's coming down to NXT. T's uh, challenging for the title. Uh, didn't happen last week. And then we have a, a championship summit for NXT Vengeance Day because we do know that Braun Breaker will face uh, San Jose Escobar next week. So there, you know, we're about to we're, we're trying to set this title match and we're trying to focus on them. And then Dolph Ziggler's theme song hits and Dolph Ziggler comes to the ring. Now, Dolph Ziggler has never been on NXT. He was in the the old developmental system. He de- debuted on the main roster, I believe, in like 2005, which is forever ago. Uh, and then I think he went back down to the, to the developmental back then after he was in the Spirit Squad. They came back to the main roster in 2008 and has been there ever since. Uh, he's never been on NXT. Um, which makes this interesting because Brown Breaker is uh, the, you know, the, the like the face of NXT 2.0 and, and Dolph Ziggler is very much the face of, you know, the main roster in a weird way. Like not like the face of the main roster. I just mean like a guy that's been there for so long that it definitely is a dichotomy there. So I had, we had Ziggler come out. He was like criticizing Breaker, uh, you know, say, do, talking, reminding everybody, I would say reminding us all. This is Dolph Ziggler. This is a former World Heavyweight Champion, Tag Team Champion, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion. Uh, and even though he's been booked very, very poorly, there's no doubt uh, that he's... The crowd was really... Ch- they were literally chanting for him, steal the show, steal the show. Because the, the people were into him. And it was just so weird because like he's been booked so poorly. And yet people, like, they're, they were treating him like he was this great big star. He comes out and the crowd was chanting, holy blank. Like, they were like, oh, man, it's, it's Dolph Ziggler. Now that was a little weird to me. I'm like, we, we assumed this happened last week and it didn't. So like, just because it didn't happen last week, you can't assume that it was going to happen. Maybe people kind of forgot about it. I admitted like kind of forgot about it. And then it happened. I was like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Um, so, you know, this definitely did set up a couple of things. So we had Dolph confronting Ron Breaker. And then, and then Tommaso Ciampa comes out and says that nobody wants to, basically he said, nobody wants to see Dolph Ziggler as an exit champion. Uh, but he says like, if you're going to kind of, you know, interrupt these this, these things here you know if you're gonna throw your hat in the ring well then i am too because I, I want that title shot essentially or at the very least he's kind of standing up for nxt as a brand ziegler kind of uh, you know insulted Ciampa for like staying on nxt so long he's like when, when are you gonna you know, t- take the train wheels off essentially so i thought this was there, there are a lot of interesting moving parts here uh and you know pretty much they i i felt that they 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 did set up a fatal four-way that's what Stephen chambers is predicting um, they announced that here, which felt interesting to me that, that they they had Zero, this was the go home for Vengeance Day. They had Zero come out, they had Chapa come out, and Santos uh, Legato slammed Breaker through a table, but they didn't announce anything, you know, any change for the for the Vengeance Day. So I'm not excited sure where this is going. Uh, I think it was interesting, it was unexpected, which is always good. It wasn't, I when they had the announcement for the Championship Summit, I'm like, I don't really know what the point is i'm just kind of having your standard face face promo there but having uh ziggler and champa come out definitely helped brian saying uh, it was it was great a lot of star power in the ring there yeah it was pretty cool i liked it um now I, i'll say i used to be the like a huge fan of all ziggler when he won the one title in 2013 i was happiest clam i was a such a huge fan of him I, I thought he was so 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 good and then over the years is the way he's been booked has been so mediocre losing all the time you know it, uh, what like 2020 drew McIntyre, drew McIntyre wants the title and they haven't beat with Dolph Ziggler and they just drag it out like you know they, they've done so much damage to Dolph like you know anytime that he's in a feud like he's not gonna win 
if it's for if it's for a title. Um, uh, he had a kind of a little brief resurgence with Robert Roode and Dirt, the Dirty Dogs. They won the Raw Tag Titles, the SmackDown Tag Titles, I believe, at one point. Um, so even now, that's part of the thing that I think they're going to struggle against. It's like, yeah, he's got that background, but it comes to NXT. It's like, do you really think that Brownberger is going to lose to Dolph Ziggler in, in, a, in a title match? Like, do, is, is, is Ziggler going to be the NXT champion? That's a hard sell. Like, I I don't know if that's the best move, especially especially with the, the 2.0 emphasis on, on youth and newness and everything. Not exactly, you know, Dolph Ziggler. Uh, at this point, 2022, I like it though. I think it's fun. I I really like Finn Balor's run. I think I saw a lot of people comparing Finn Balor's run in NXT to what we could see with Dolph Ziggler here. Um, I just think that they they it's an uphill battle. I will, I think it's an uphill battle having that uh, where you know that that booking definitely is going to be working against them. DJ saying I can see Dolph uh, moving for down to NXT from Raw. He's not doing much on the roster except for your, your typical eight-man tags and things like that. Um, yeah, you know, the, he hasn't really been doing anything. Um, so they might as well use him and, and, and help kind of add a little a little buzz to NXT. He's got, he does have that name, that name value, even with the, the poor booking. So even saying if this was the first time that at least he can recall Ziggler being on the mic in months, as far as I can recall, yeah, I don't remember him getting a lot of promo time lately. So um, he's good, man. Like I'm not, I'm saying Dolph Ziggler is good. I am, I'm just saying they, they, they've handled him so poorly in recent years, um, and it's a shame. Again, I used to be such a huge fan of him, and I, I still am. I think he's a great wrestler. He's great, a great performer. Uh, and on the, on the flip side, seems saying that he's a, he's good on promos as well. He's he's, he's a total package. And he here we are, 2022. He last won the world title in 2013 or so. He never he's never really reached that level again. He's had you know some successes. DJ pointing out he was the sole survivor for Team Cena against the Team Authority years ago. A lot of Dolph's successes though are years ago. Like he hasn't really like done anything. I, I, I remember he won the Raw titles in 2019. Again, I think he was he and Rude. I believe he and Rude held SmackDown titles as well briefly last year or so. Um, maybe at late late 2020. It all blurs together, but that, that you know those aren't exactly like huge milestones, right? I, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I like this comment from Michael saying Dolph Ziggler is like a donut. He's very good, but he has a lot of it's a lot of empty calories. Doesn't do nothing for us. I, I think that's fair. I think there's a lot there's a lot of truth in that. Now here's what I want to talk about. Could this possibly uh, result in Big Bob Bobby Roode come back to NXT? Boy, I hope so. Uh, if only because well. Okay, I'm not. I'm now. I'm gonna contact myself. I hope so, or I would have hoped so when it was still the black and gold brand. Again, other than Dolph Ziggler here, we haven't really seen a whole lot of you know go quote unquote going back to NXT. It's like you've got yeah, the AJ Styles coming down briefly. You got Vanilla coming down briefly. These like kind of cameos, if you will, these special guest appearances. Like if we're talking about like a normal TV show. Um, Whereas in NXT, uh, black and gold, you had people kind of come down uh, and reinvent themselves. Mandy Rose came down to NXT before the 2.0 revamp, but otherwise we haven't really seen that recently. I would, I'd be very happy if, if Robert Roode came down to NXT, if they gave him the glorious theme song back, I miss it so much. That would be a very important part of that deal. Like bring it back, push him to the moon. I would love, I would like to see that. Um, Cause I would say even more than Ziggler, He's he's very much been misused on the main roster here, and it's a shame. Bobby Roode, 
is so talented. My gosh. Like, if you're not familiar with his work in TNA or Impact Wrestling, go back, check it out. Even just like a go look up a YouTube montage. Great in the ring, great in promos. He was, yeah, I, his NXT run was a little, it came during my break from wrestling a couple years ago, but I know people really, really uh, got into it. But people love the Gore theme song, people liked it a lot. Um, I'm, I only really saw of his main roster run when, you know, when he was with Chad Gable and from then on, uh, on Raw. That's the first thing I can really remember. Again, I took a couple years away at that point and got back to him in 2019. So uh, I haven't gotten to really see him really be all the successful on the main roster. So he could definitely, couldn't, maybe even should go back to NXT. Again, no knock on him at all. More of a knock or, or a... A fair criticism uh, of the book at this point. Brian Everett saying Rude is so- sorely missed. Uh, every here and there, he, he gets something on the main roster. He, he was he, like he was part of of Ziggler Street with Biggie in like October, um, but definitely it's like that uh, jobber to the stars, if you will. Like not a jobber in the in the in the real sense, but definitely like you know upper echelon champions way down below. Uh, is is where they, he and Ziggler have been for a while at this point. And it's a shame. They're both so very talented. So um, if Ziggler coming back or going to NXT at this point, if this is more of a couple week thing if, if, or longer, I, I'd be pretty happy if it led to, to, Rude, coming, uh, to Rude coming back with him. Uh, I think it'd be very, very good. But for the, uh, the, the championship summit here thing, again, a lot of moving parts. We got Eddie saying... Ziggler and Ciampa could, could be very, very... Uh, he's saying Ziggler and Ciampa could be good. I think it could be very, very good. I think those two guys are, are great in the ring. Braun Breaker and Ziggler, uh, we got... I think he, he or someone else mentioned earlier uh, that Breaker and Ziggler could likely happen at NXT uh, Stand and Deliver. That'll be the WrestleMania weekend show. Uh, I believe that's on the Saturday, and then WrestleMania Night 1 is, is on that Saturday as well. This will be the first NXT special event outside the Performance Center, so that's pretty cool. Um... And in some way, maybe he's predicting maybe they're you know using Ziggler here uh, to get some attraction, you know, of, uh, of casual fans not related to the NXT thing, but more you know people that might say, "Oh, Dolph Ziggler, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it for that." I would imagine that you might get some some more additional uh, viewers for that. Um, yeah, but we can talk all about people that, that could in theory benefit from going down to NXT. You think about Robert Roode, as we were talking about a minute ago, Ricochet, Cesaro. I would agree. All, all of them, uh, very, very talented. All of them deserve much better, than, much better than they've been getting. But I digress. You know, they are they are on the main roster for now, and we could sit here all day thinking, oh, they should do this, they should do that. But you know, that is that is a dangerous game to be playing, especially in the realm of NXT 2.0. Um, we got a little more of a build for Pete Dunne versus Tony D'Angelo. We do know they'll be well. We we knew they would be facing in a steel cage match next week, and then uh, Pete Dunne defeats Draco Anthony. Do, uh, Tony tries to interfere, doesn't work out. Pete wins. Tony tries to attack Pete. Pete Dunne breaks his fingers, uh, or tries to at least, and, and then uh, brings a bunch of weapons in the ring and turns it into a weaponized steel cage match. Uh, so that that'll be the match next week. Um, to expect chairs, cricket. Bats, I guess I, I call it a paddle last week. I was mistaken. A cricket bat, I guess. Uh, Tony with his crowbar, of course. Who even knows what else might get involved? But uh, it is interesting to think are they going to have Pete Dunn lose twice? As I say, I've been saying for weeks now, they literally had a memorial service for Pete Dunn on the show. So I don't know what he's still doing here, but he's still here. He's still he's still feuding with Tony D'Angelo. And yes, Brian, I absolutely agree. He's saying Dunn needs to go to the main roster ASAP, but at least in the short term, the match with Tony D will be fun. I have to think that Tony's going to win, um, 
but uh, in some ways, they kind of struggle to think they're going to have Pete lose twice. And then maybe that's why Steve Chambers is predicting they're going to have uh, done. Uh, he's saying predicting done next week. I, I think he means uh, done winning. Um, Pete Dunn should have been the NXT champion a while ago. So the fact that he hasn't won the title leaves him very much in a weird limbo of like he could challenge for the title or he, he could move to the main roster tomorrow. And either one would, would make sense, would be warranted. Um, I do think it's a shame that he's never won the title because he's just, just that good. Um, Tony Angelo, absolute mobster. He was rocking like a fedora tonight. Look, he looked pretty cool. Um, you know, I, He's growing on me a little bit. I, I think he, he would benefit from a win next week. Maybe eventually have him challenge Braun Breaker uh, and eventually start to kind of elevate more of the, the Dupino guys so they can face each other. Whereas right so far, we've kind of seen Braun and Ciampa, uh, Braun and Santos, you know, more of the more of the veteran side of things there. That's probably the long-term play. And that's going to take some time to establish in that sense. But um, I'm sure it will be a fun match and, you know, kind of looking forward to it. So, Otherwise, here we had LA Knight versus Sangha, or the the artist formerly known as Saurav. Uh, with this match here set up last week, Grayson Waller said that if LA Knight won, he implied he would lift his restraining order against uh, LA Knight. LA Knight wins, some, some botched interference from Grayson Waller. But then uh, Knight attacked Waller after the match. You know, they kind of brawled a little bit. Knight left him lying. Later in the show, Waller said uh, next week he wants vengeance, not in a match. No, he wants to have uh, LA Knight arrested. So, interested to see what's going to happen there. I feel like they would, they're actually going to do that for, for quote unquote shock value. That, that feels like an NXT 2.0 thing to do. Um, again, it seems a little weird that, you know, they, oh, I mean, that's a heel thing, right? He was like, oh, I'll, I'll lift the restraining order and then to, to go back on his word. But more from a, like, from a linear storytelling perspective, it's like, they said they're going to do it, and then they didn't. So it's like it came across as a little, little odd to me. But um, uh, yeah, I guess at this point we we can afford or assume that we will have um, LA Knight getting arrested next week on XC. So that's something to anticipate. You know, whether whether you want to see it or not, I feel like it's going to happen. So I did just point out that that Saray was in action. Saray faced uh, Dakota Kai. Right? Am I wrong on that one? I think. Uh, yeah, she faced a good time. We were talking about that earlier. Um, still not the biggest fan of Saray's new gimmick. And we were talking about earlier, Dakota Kai definitely has fallen down the ranks a little bit. Um, Saray wins clean, so a good win for her. But at the same time, again, because Saray has uh, you know fallen, oh, sorry, because Dakota's fallen down the ranks a little bit, that is maybe a bit less valuable of a win than it might be otherwise. Um, so, you know... Uh, like I said, not really digging the new gimmick in that sense, but maybe maybe they can kind of figure it out, you know. Um, we need to get some tease for Joe Gacy's growing faction here. I mentioned Drake, Drake or Anthony a minute ago. Draco did face uh, Pete Dunne uh, before the match. They were backstage. Uh, Gacy and Harland were kind of confronting uh, Drake or Anthony and saying, you know, or, or Gacy was saying, Harland doesn't talk. Uh, Gacy was saying, hey, you don't have to do this alone. Um, kind of trying to like softly recruit him a little bit, uh, and then we had uh, Draco kind of go up to Pete Dunn, and here's Draco's trying to be nice. He's like, "I respect you, you know. Here, it's gonna be an honor to be in the ring." Seems a little dorky, but uh, the, the 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 thought was there, right? It's, it's it's a thought that counts. Dunn kind of blew him off. He's like, "I don't I don't care about <laughs> about your respect." That's my horrible attempt at a British accent, by the way. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Gacy and Harland were watching very creepily. From the podium, 
JC's smile is absolutely terrifying. Like he he plays the part so well. He's really growing on me, and I, I I'm curious to see where they go with it. Uh, if the, I, I should say I do kind of hope that that Drake Anthony does join the stable because I tweeted about it during the show on a show full of like borderline or flaming like full fledged cartoon characters, um, at, or yeah, at best you know more kind of. I mean, I, okay, at best you've got Brown Breaker, Carl Hayes, more like you know more developed characters, but like otherwise a lot of very much like either stereotypes or goofy characters or just very, very like simplistic, like very, very and like old school kind of characters. Very, very just uh, one dimensional of like Tony D'Angelo, mobster, um, Saray, anime schoolgirl that gets superpower- superpowers, I guess. Uh, and Tempest Shot and Dazzle. It's very like stereotypical characters. So on a show of all these like bright, uh, at the very least, for better or worse, bright, colorful characters, you got Draco Anthony who's Whose gimmick seems to be that he works hard, that he that he goes to the gym early, which seems weird to me. It's like that's what that's the gimmick you're on. You got like someone like like Nikita Lyons, DJ pointing out, talk about her in a minute. Um, she's got this whole backstory about her mom and dad. She was she, like she was on the road and like their I think her dad was like a musician. Her mom's a groupie kind of thing or or whatever. It's a whole like it's a whole story. And then Draco Anthony. Um, that's it like that seems weird to me so I, I i do kind of hope that he does join the faction to answer dj's question um because to not have a character like that i'm not saying i'm not saying i like this this overabundance of um goofy characters but like to not be again unless you're at the very very top level of like braun breaker kamal hayes uh cameron graham's another one but even him even he's like kind of like a bit of a like a goofy character in a way um to not be in that in, in that same kind of pattern in a way this feels off it's like it's like you stand out pretty badly in a, in a way um so no i think that'd be good for him i think um you, th- that would set up, easily set up like he could join him for now turn on turn on him down the road pretty pretty easy easy face turn potentially why not um, these are, I mentioned these are pointing out Nikita Lyons here. We had a, a better promo than last week. Nikita had another kind of video segment talking about her background, talking about you know, uh, her life story, I guess. Uh, Brian's saying that her MMA, her MMA background is impressive as well. I'm not exactly familiar with that. I do know Elka Blasic, she's a, she's a nunchuck master, which is pretty dang cool. Uh, I hope they, they incorporate that. I think, um, I missed, I may miss when it happened in the moment tonight. I think they really referenced that tonight in her vignette. So that's kind of something to help her uh, stand apart. But he was saying that she, she, she should join Diamond Mine uh, and maybe team of Ivy Nile. I mean, there are worse things to do. I think that'd be interesting. Have, you know, D- Diamond Mine have potentially, potentially, uh, at the very least, if not the winners of the Dusty Cup on, on both sides of it, at least, you know, some impressive performances and have like two solid tag teams. Why not? Why not? And know that again, they're worse things. Well, then I see too many these days. I, I assume always you want really not to. Uh, otherwise, here, I think I've touched on just about everything other than a potential tease that, that might break my heart, folks. Apparently, in Dex, there might be some trouble in Paradise. So we had backstage, Indy Hartwell was on the phone, uh, seemingly with, with Dexter Loomis, my man, Dexter Loomis, uh, talking about being getting in a, in a bubble bath when she gets home. I think she said Dexter, like, during the during the conversation, I, I may have missed that, but the implication was that it was Dexter. Persia Prada comes up and says, "Oh, were you talking to Duke?" Because earlier, so Duke Hudson wished and indirectly wished uh, Indy well in her match next week. 
uh, maybe planting seeds a little bit there. And then Indy was like, no, why, why would I be talking about him or talking to him, I should say. And then Toxic Attraction shows up. They start brawling and they, they get pulled apart and a picture falls. And it's a picture that very, I, as far as I could tell, was of Indy Hartwell and Duke Hudson. Thoughts like what does that mean that that she's cheating on Dexter? Does that mean they're at least kind of teasing that? Is is, is Dexter gonna like uh, abduct Duke and he's not never gonna get seen again? Um, man, like that'd be a real bummer. We're sitting here in February and Dex got married in September, right before I or it may have been the first the first show under under the 2.0 revamp. I'm not quite sure, right? It was very, very close. Um that's a short marriage. Come on, man. Like, at least give them some time to enjoy that marital bliss. Like, and like, we haven't even really got to see them play it out. You know, we haven't got to see them as a married couple. They had their honeymoon, which was absolutely chef's kiss wonderful. And otherwise, they haven't really seen anything. Like, Dexter's like never on the show, which I don't really get. I, I think he had a storyline injury for a little bit, but um, that's been really disappointing. One of the, I've, I've been no, I've not held back, you know, I've not not been the fan of XC 2.0 in general, but to like not really like follow up and and, and continue this this major storyline of like index and the romance, now the marriage and that they're a couple, to really not have it be a, a kissing kissin part of the show, I think that's a big miss. Like Dexter, I mean, again, he's on a show full of, of colorful characters. Like Dexter was resident serial killer. Like that fits. Oh man, Brian's saying that Index might be broken up. I really hope not, man. That was one of my favorite parts of um, NXT in all of 2021, and there were a lot of the things I liked uh, before 2.0 came along. Um, Michael's saying he hopes Dexter signed that prenup. Yeah, man. If, if that's where they're going, I hope that Dexter. Um, hey, as Dexter did, as Dexter taught us all when, when they went on the honeymoon, I hope I hope he brought protection in this case with the prenup there. Um, Boy, I, that would just be such a bummer, man. Like to take that away, to take one of the the one of the it sounds odd to say one of the last few like um, carryovers uh, of, uh, of of the black and gold era. Uh, I'd be I'd be pretty pretty darn bummed out. DJ Justin, how could I possibly allow this cheating? Well, if up to me, they'd be together forever and ha happily ever after and they'd have index babies that like <laughs> if they want to do long to fucking do that like 20 years from now whatever i don't even know um 10 years whatever um or or adopt kids i don't know man they're, they're like get, get, get weird with it i don't know um not michael covington i appreciate the pun saying it has to be this way man i love the way i miss johnny organo so much i miss nxc 2.0 so much I don't mean to like sit here being all, you know, oh, woe is me. And I, I miss it. But man, there were some darn good times. And here we are um, often joking about toaster time, <laughs> talking about NXT 2.0. Oh, man. Hmm. Uh, John, DJ joking that John's not, really, not here actually because he's writing the storylines for Index's breakup. He's not traveling. He, he's he's uh, hatching a plot, hatching the, the, the plans to break up Index. Your words, not mine, DJ. Um, Ah, Steven's saying the Duke and Persia could be kind of setting something up here. Maybe a little bit of a, a, a betrayal coming up. Maybe, maybe that Persia is actually the ones into Duke here and setting up a little bit of a feud. I would, I would much, much, much prefer that than than having an index break up. At least at this point, there, at least, get, at least give it like a year. At least a year. Worst case of just these irregular like 
references to it. But to break him up, what, four months after they got married? Like, come on, man. <sighs> yeah, that would that'd be a bummer. I, I'm just going to play it flat out. I'd be pretty darn disappointed if Index broke up at this point. Hopefully, uh, as, as Steven says, it's a swerve. But that being said, folks, curious to see what you all thought about the show this week or at, at the very start. A bunch of you said that it was better than last week. It was actually a pretty good show. Um, again, I would say it was better than last week for myself, scale of 1 to 10. Uh, it's hard because like, it's NXT 2.0 and there's just, there's inherently some stuff I really just really don't like. Um, and then I think about Raw last night, like, wasn't as maybe as like actively painful. Um, I'll go for like a 6.4. I gave Raw 6.5. It seems warranted. Oh, but hey, shout out Stephen Chambers. Yes, I, I maybe I'll, I'll up my score for the sheer effect tonight. Nova and Wagner, uh, always a plus. At least I'm not trying to knock the guy. I'm just saying, based on what we've seen so far, not working for me. So anytime I don't have to sit here and complain about it directly in terms of what they're doing with it, that's a win in my book. So heck. 6.5 for me. 6.5 is, I think that's fair. Um, and again, that's probably, I, I, other than like a special show for like Vengeance Day or um, uh, uh, Halloween Havoc was very good. You know, New Year's Evil was very good. Your average ups of NXT by and large, I'm probably going to struggle to go above 6.5 unless it's like a really special show um, where they like load up the card for a normal episode. Um because that's just where I'm, where I'm at these days. DJ was 7.9, assuming he enjoyed it. So that's good. DJ asking if May is defending the belt next week as well. No, I think they they had it. Um, she defended it tonight, and that was her that was her title match. Like they, they only have so many matches they can do next week. Well, it's only a, a two hour show. I know that we got the men's desk cup finals, Santos Escobar and Brown Breaker, the cage match. Um, more that I'm forgetting, but. Uh, the, the women's title match as well. Uh, the North American title match, I ain't talking about that, that much because we only had two kind of uh, pre-tape promos for it. Again, I, I love Cameron Grimes, rooting for him. I feel like Kamahi's going to win. Um, but that's that's already a pretty loaded card. I feel like they'd be better off just leaving it that. I think that's why they had uh, Mandy face Kayleigh Ray tonight. Um, and there you go. So I, I don't, as far as I know, she's not a fan until next week. She, she defended tonight uh, because of that. So uh, Herman, I don't know if I read this place, I've given a six. That's what I feel like that's fair. I, I, I was trying to be generous with my 6.4. Eventually uh, bumped it up to a 6.5 for the lack of Von Wagner. Um, but no, I, I think next week will be a good show. Uh, I mean, again, Santos, Santos Escobar, Braun Breaker for the NXT title. I think that's going to be very, very good. I feel very, very confident that Braun's going to win. Uh, Carmel Hayes, uh, Cameron Grimes, going to be very, very good. I feel very confident that Carmel, Carmel Hayes is going to win. But they're going to be really good matches. Uh, the women's side title match, a little less certain, but I feel pretty confident in Toxic Attraction. Uh, for the men's Dusty Cup, I feel pretty good about MSK winning, but I could see them wanting to roll with the Creed Brothers because this is what NXT 2.0 does. Got to get the new talent over. Um, and for the cage match, again, that one's a, a little more interesting where it's like I don't really think they're going to have Pete Dunn lose to Dunn twice. But or Sorry. Not lose himself, not Pete Dunn lose to Tony D'Angelo twice. Um, but then if he wins, like what, what are they gonna do with him? It's interesting. So it's definitely a stock card, as Stephen Chambers is saying. It's definitely gonna be a good show. Looking forward to it. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's 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 all. It's, I'm not trying to like be negative. It's it's unfortunate that it's it's on. It's gonna be on Sci-Fi again. We saw Raw, Raw yesterday drew the lowest viewership on record, largely due due to the move to Sci-Fi. The move to Sci-Fi will it you know was because of the Olympics. That that will still be the case next week. People will be watching the Olympics. So, uh, unfortunately, I think you know even with a, a stat card, I think it's gonna be a very good show, but. Uh, more often than not, if a show doesn't doesn't get the viewership, people you know can kind of knock it or like go oh uh, NXT 2.0 LOL or whatever it might be you know really knocking the viewership or and knocking the, the the product itself. I've I've knocked the product myself plenty of times, but um, I think they'll be fighting against that next week. So um, I'm I'm hoping for I'm, I'm rooting for it to be a good, a good show. I think it'll be a good show. Um, looking forward to it. And lastly, here Steve Chambers saying if Dunn loses, he will protest. Um, protest away. Like if he if he loses, you uh, use your freedom to express yourself like that uh, in, in a in a safe way. But um, but yeah, DJ point out not the problem with this move to sci-fi. Not everyone has it. It's just like AXS TV for for Impact, uh, other other channels. You know, for the the less homes have it, like less less cable packages have it. So uh, that's inherently an obstacle. So that is definitely the downside here. Uh, to, of getting preempted to a different channel that's a, a smaller channel that, that's not in, not in as many homes as USA. So that's just inherently a challenge. And again, unfortunately, that might kind of put a bit of a damper on the show next week, as good as I expect it to be. So that being said, folks, even with a fairly good, decent episode of XC 2.0, uh, whether it's XC 2.0, Raw, SmackDown, and you know, good, bad, in between, whatever it might be. Uh, we're always here to talk all about it. Uh, schedule, schedule permitting. Robert and I will we'll be back here on Friday. No, no GCW this week, so we'll be back on Friday uh, to talk all about it. Shout out to Stephen Chambers bringing up, yes, just like ECW back in the day. Man, I used to love watching ECW back on Sci Fi when I was a kid. Uh, so there's something kind of a, a little nostalgic for me watching, um, less overall, but NXT definitely does kind of feel like that, at least a little bit more of the, the lesser show. You know, it's, it's not Raw or SmackDown, but you know, it's, it's the other show. It's, it's the, uh, the, the ugly duckling in a way, right? It's the, the other show. Um, so I, good shout out there from Steven, but, uh, Robert and I will we'll be back on Friday for the SmackDown show. Uh, as the road to a, the Elimination Chamber premium line event continues, uh, Dominic recorded an episode of Two Diamond, Two Diamond Dudes on a Rampage for all things AW last night. Make sure to check that out. And otherwise, a, a great stream of interviews constantly coming at you guys. This week, we've got one with Charlie Haas. My interview with Ian McAbani will be coming out this week. And many, many more good things in the archives as well. So make sure to leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate you. I appreciate you all for your support, especially tonight. I'm riding. I was riding solo. You know, it's always you know, it's fun just to hear you guys and your thoughts on the show, just like so and really destructive bounce back with you and talk about the show, whether it's NXT, Raw, whatever it might be. Now, I appreciate your all support. Brian giving the show a seven, so you see, you know, not a bad show. So it makes it easier, right? When I'm not here, absolutely like bashing the show start to finish like it's it's a bit of a, a more fun time like there, there were things that were all right tonight so that's good uh but even on nights where it's not the case i'm still here because that's that's the job right i'm here no matter what love it love it or lump it good show bad show anywhere in between that's what we do so and, and likewise i appreciate you all for coming out and tuning in no matter what whether it's a good show or bad show tune in with your support means the world to me i appreciate it so much you know i, I would not be doing the show without you all so i, I just want to take a moment to say thank you uh, thank you for your support thank you for t uh, taking the time here um brian saying looking forward to take over shows yeah man they're they're fun they're they're good shows um pour, pouring out for for the takeover days 
man, I miss, I miss the day of NXT. Anytime I see a picture of Triple H, I, I get sad. It's like, I, I, I miss it, man. But um, they, these like special shows, even even just the special uh, episodes of NXT, are definitely a, you know a, a tribute to the takeover shows like that. So it'll be good. Again, even with the, the viewership uh, dynamic there, where it's probably going to not get a good viewership rating, I think it'll be a good show. Looking forward to it. So that being said, folks, um, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate your support each and every week, each and every show. With that being said, the world out there, it's a very, very scary place. But we all come together here, whether it's Raw, NXT, SmackDown, Good Bad Show, whatever it might be, we come together to do one thing. And that, my friends, is to enjoy wrestling. Thanks for listening, everybody.